Dear Young Rocker is a production of iHeartRadio and Double Elvis Productions. Dear Young Rocker, Wow, it almost feels wrong to call you that now since you are technically an adult. But I know you still feel like a kid, and hey, so do I. Anyway, congratulations for getting out of high school alive, first of all. The next few years will be a strange period in your life. The period where you are between bands and at this very moment, entirely musicless. I know you couldn't decide if you should bother to bring your bass to your dorm room, but I'm glad you did as a reminder, even though you'll just throw it in the closet and try not to look at it. Sorry, but that won't stop music from pulling at you. You'll feel a deep, painful longing this entire freshman year, and you won't know why. It will be so intense, you'll reach for whatever you can near you to stop it, but it will always be the wrong thing, and it will never make you feel better. Don't bother with all those waffle fries. Actually, do. They're pretty good. You don't know that what you're longing for are the two things a band gave you. Connection with other humans in the one way that really works for you, and a feeling of self-confidence. The only self-confidence you've ever had, in fact. Even if you didn't let yourself enjoy your confidence or admit that you were proud of yourself when you played, you still got up there in front of people and played bass parts you wrote and even sang words that came out of your own head. So that's saying something. So now without that, you have a hole in you that you don't know how to fill. You think you just want to be normal, but you aren't. And as I've said before, that's okay. Making friends in the way you're supposed to is still a completely mysterious process to you that always seems frustratingly easy for others. Not being great at starting conversations means your only chance for connection is with those who make an effort to engage with you. And since you are one of the few girls at a mostly male school, well, that means the boys are coming to get you. Even though that's not the kind of connection you're seeking, you'll try to fill that hole you feel with that. Spoiler alert, but when we try to soothe what's missing in our lives with other people, we stand to lose and feel pretty crummy usually. You're going to struggle out there on your own for a while until you realize the real problem. But it's just one more thing to do wrong before you realize how to do it right. I'm sitting on a crummy broken futon in a dorm room, and the right half of the futon is all the way on the ground. My lower back is hurting because I've been leaning to the side to compensate. I look around the room. It's really dark in here except for some colored Christmas lights hanging around the ceiling. A Yes song is playing, and I'm feeling myself rise and fall with the chord changes. A skinny boy with reddish hair is sitting next to me. James. 
He's my friend. He put on the Yes song, and I'm surprised that I like it. James is my first real friend here at this depressing college in this depressing city. One of his roommates is shuffling around, putting stuff in his backpack. He's a sophomore and has giant poofy black hair and thick black glasses, and always has something funny to say, but he's smart, so it's not annoying. I think he's going out to see his girlfriend. As he steps out the door, he says, Happy Valentine's Day, kids. James snorts at that, and I roll my eyes and think, like, yeah, right, obvious, we're just best friends, duh. We decide to make the lumpy futon flat to see if it will get more comfortable that way, and we lay down next to each other. Laying next to James, I feel connected to someone for the first time in a while. I feel like he gets me as me, and not just a girl to make out with. We're both going to be music majors next year and play bass. We sit in here and talk for hours at a time about our high school bands or how we're going to practice for the music audition we'll have to take over the summer to get into the major. Or sometimes we just put on songs on YouTube for each other or mess around on his bass or guitar. I remember the day we met in our college writing one class. The class is so easy, I can hardly believe it. Our homework reminds me of freshman year high school English. How could anyone seriously still not know how to write a topic sentence or how to use periods and commas? Five paragraph essays? Oh my god. I've gotten an A plus on everything I turn in. I feel like a genius in there. There's even a kid who sits to my left. He tears his notebook paper into little tiny pieces and puts them in his mouth and swallows them down. I try not to see it or hear it. Anyway, one day it was like 75 degrees out and all of us were sitting outside on the stairs in the sun before class started. And James was telling another kid that he plays the bass. And I said, hey, I play bass too. What? You play bass, he said. We started hanging out then, and soon enough showing each other songs that make us cry. I finally found someone who gets it. Right now, even though we're laying like this, and it seems like if this were a movie, something would have to happen between us, I don't think I want him to touch me. It would screw up this one connection I finally have. And I just don't think I want to be touched at all right now anyway. I've let too many people I'm not that into kiss me just because I never think it will actually happen until right up when it does happen. Right up to the last second when it's too late to say no. I'd probably just let that happen again now, too, before I'd even have a chance to figure out whether I want to or not. For some reason, I don't even know whether I want it to happen or not until it does happen. So I'm glad that at least this one guy can control himself while I figure all this stuff out. He must really like me as a friend, too. But still, I think I want him to want to touch me. I think. I guess so I can know I'm good enough. Wantable. Is that like 
totally messed up. I realize we haven't been talking for a while. I'm still not sure if I like college. It's been a strange few months. When I open the door to my first ever dorm room, my parents say, they must have given you a single. The hideous pale yellow painted cinder block walls are way too close together to have two people in here at once. The dark brown fake wood paneling on the closets and crappy vinyl flooring, even the musty smell, it all makes me feel like I'm in a hospital room. My first thought is that I probably won't last a week in this place without feeling depressed. All the campus buildings are hideous, blocky concrete slabs from the early 60s or imposing yellow brick from the 1900s when the school was a textile college. There's nothing cute or college-y here. It's just some ugly buildings in the middle of a crumbling mill city on a stinky river. When we drove around the campus, the streets reminded me of Worcester with all the crappy loud cars with fins on them and sketchy looking triple deckers with trash on the porch. Right as we finished loading all of my boxes of stuff into the room, a big blonde girl walks in. So I don't have a single. My dad insists on taking a picture of the two of us together with his dorky digital camera even though he has a new Razor phone, which takes pretty good pictures. And even though I could tell right away my roommate is not the kind of person I am going to be friends with. When my parents leave, me and my new roommate start putting our clothes away in the creepy closets. I've purposely been dressing way preppier than I did in high school to hopefully fit in more, but it feels fake. She asks me if I like Abercrombie, and I say... Oh, I have some pieces from there. My mom had gotten me some stuff off the clearance rack at Marshall's. I wouldn't actually step foot in an Abercrombie store. They smell gross. My roommate laughs at me and says, pieces, like it's a stupid word. They feel dorky. I probably got that from watching What Not to Wear or something. Like, I thought that's what girls who actually care about shopping say. I guess that's what you get for faking it. The inter-campus shuttle bus, which is just an old bumpy school bus, always makes me carsick. But I still feel like I'll get lost or mugged or something if I try to walk from one campus to another. So here I am bumping along in the back. It's so grossly hot in here. I'm with a couple other bio major girls. They smell like smelly perfume stuff, which makes me more sick. It's Friday. We're all coming back from South Campus, and I'm trying to be friends with these people, even though I've already kind of given up on them a few weeks into the semester. The girls are talking about how they like Victoria's Secret underwear. One of them says she likes to surprise her boyfriend with new lingerie, and thinks he'll propose to her as soon as she graduates. Ew. The group talks about going to the mall this weekend to shop, and then if they can find someone to get them wine, and how they like Cabernet something whatever. Only pieces of this are getting into my brain because it's so irrelevant and stupid to me. I wonder if I'll ever make friends with girls if I have to talk about crap like this. 
I can't even pay attention to it. I doubt any of them listen to any good bands. I am a girl, though. Shouldn't I know how to talk to them? Sometimes I really can't tell if I'm better than everyone or the worst person who's ever lived. Am I just doing all of it all wrong all the time? When we get off the bus at East Campus, where we all live, I go straight to the cafeteria. I decide to try the chicken again today because it has a different name, but it's the same grayish-brownish sauce on grizzly dark meat full of fat and tendony stuff. So I throw it away and get a slice of pizza. This cafeteria is like 10 times bigger than my high school one. I had hoped that in college I'd be able to be more of an inconspicuous loner. I mean, no one seems to notice if I sit alone. But I still feel, like, looked at by the groups of people happily yelling about beer or whatever around me. I see some blonde curly hair across the room. It's that guy I made out with. The guy I cheated on Dan with. The guy who has a girlfriend himself. He's laughing with his friends. Because he's a normal college human, unlike me. I've met most of the people sitting at his table, but I decided to get out of there before he sees me so I don't have to go through the hell of trying to talk to a group of people who I feel like don't speak my language for the second time today. I decided to take a walk down the river path before going back to my room. As I'm walking, I think about the guy I saw in there, Matt. He looks kind of like if uh, Macaulay Culkin had grown up to be as cute as he was when he was little instead of kind of weird looking. The same pale eyes and hair and skin. We met because I had noticed at an opening ceremony thing for freshmen that he was wearing an incubus shirt and my heart started pounding when I saw it because I knew it was a chance to meet someone. I know Incubus. I had one of their CDs in eighth grade, and I loved it. I'm going to initiate contact with another human, I thought. I did it. I somehow said normal get-to-know-you things, and he said them back to me. To make a long, sad story short... We played air hockey at the gym a bunch of times. We listened to music in his quad room. And we talked about our majors and how cool science is and if college is worth it. And after a while, finally, we talked about the people we were dating. I was still with Dan, technically. But I hadn't felt the need to mention it until Matt told me he had a girlfriend back home who was younger and still in high school. That made it seem okay to spend all this time together, and now I definitely didn't have to think about whether I was in love with him, since I just legally couldn't be. I keep walking, and I see some pine trees, and think about Dan. We used to hike together sometimes. I should really be thinking about him more than I do. It's too easy to forget about him being a whole hour away from me. I need to definitively decide if I love him anymore. I mean, I must not, though, because if I did, I wouldn't have done that, right? 
When he came to visit me, I was embarrassed at how he had his Nintendo DS in its case clipped to his belt loop with a beaner, like a middle schooler, and his t-shirt tucked into his shorts with a belt. Only huge nerds tuck in their shirts. It's like really 90s looking. Well, I think love might be fake anyway. Or I've stopped feeling it already at 19. I'm over it. Love seemed really important in high school, and so like black and white. I had tried to make myself love Ricky and Nick when I dated them, and I thought I really loved Dan, but now I'm starting to think it's all bullshit, and who you're dating and hooking up with doesn't have anything to do with love. I don't know. So one night, I found myself sitting on a log by the dirty Merrimack River with Matt. And after inching towards each other for like three hours while I was shivering and had to pee really bad, we looked at each other a while. And finally, we kissed. Somehow having to pee made it feel more intense. And it also made me feel happy. He looked happy too, but then he started tearing up because he was thinking about his girlfriend. And I pretended to feel really guilty too, but I didn't feel guilty. I felt a charge of energy running through me. I hadn't felt that since the last time I'd played a show and had people clapping and headbanging, whatever that feeling was. Maybe this is ridiculous to say, but it's the kind of feeling that makes being alive worth it. The rest of the story is just too sad. Basically, his adorable, wonderful girlfriend came to visit. She suspected what was up. We stopped hanging out. I dumped Dan after first lying about Matt and then a few weeks later finally admitting I'd kissed someone else. Dan said I was a bad person. I guess I am. The end. Walking feels good, though. It feels better than sitting still, especially when my mind is just going and going like this. I look over the railing down at the river. It kind of smells like a trash can, and there's a plastic bag stuck in the sticks poking out of the water, and this poor little duck is trying to eat it. I want to stop thinking about dumb boys and just experience what's around me right now but my brain won't let me for more than a couple seconds. It's also confusing. I get so caught up in the feeling of someone wanting me or worrying that they don't that sometimes I don't even know if I like them or not. It's weird. Like, sometimes I definitely do, although it takes me a while to figure it out, like, kind of until it's too late, like Matt— And sometimes I definitely don't. Like, this creepy guy who was in my freshman orientation group this summer, he kept sitting behind me and giving me massages when we were sitting at different talks. His hands smelled like he didn't wash them after he went to the bathroom. It was really uncomfortable having people see it happening. But I didn't want to look like a crazy girl and make a scene. I just wanted to be invisible, so I didn't even talk to anyone else in our group in hopes no one would notice me and this guy hanging all over me. 
At one point, we were touring the dorms. We were looking around in an empty dorm room, and suddenly, this guy closed the door and locked it. He pushed me against the window and said something about how friends can hook up sometimes or something, and started making out with me, and I just really didn't know what to do. I knew he had a girlfriend. He just mentioned her. I tried not to seem scared and kind of went with it, as gross as it was, because I had no idea how crazy he was. Who knows what someone so unpredictable would do if I told him off. It almost felt like I had somehow caused it to happen by letting him give me all those massages. But I never said I liked it. I never asked for it. I just felt too weird to tell him not to. After a few minutes, he let me get away. I gave him a weird, fake smile and left. I can't believe I smiled at him. I could have stopped it, obviously, but I didn't. Maybe I really am a bad person. I've gone over and over it in my mind, and I don't understand how it happened. That's one more reason I pretty much never leave my room or hang out with anyone. What if he finds me again and tries to go even further next time? Ugh. Well, I mean, really, I want to be wanted by someone who I admire and think is cool and smart and thinks I'm cool and smart back. I want someone to be as fascinated by life and the universe as I am and to think my take on stuff is real original and that my jokes are funny and that I'm smart and vice versa. I want to be wanted as like a soul or something, not just a body. I want to be known the way I was in a band, as a creative spirit. I need that connection again, that feeling of being both way more than just a body and somehow also more at home in my body that playing music gave me. How do normal people get that? How do I be normal? My head is swirling and I feel like inevitably it's time to go back to my room. So, I stop staring at the dock and walk away. As I'm approaching the front door of my dorm building, I see another guy I'm not sure I want to see. He has super long curly hair. I actually sort of know him from high school because our bands played together at one of the Sterling Battles of the Bands. Even though I've wanted a music friend and I thought it was cool when he came into my room the other day and played my bass, I feel weird around him. I can tell he's working up the courage to, like, ask me out or something, and that makes me want to throw up. Not because he's terrible or anything. He's nice. It's just because it's—I don't know. It's a weird feeling. I don't know how to talk to people, and his hair is kind of a turnoff to me. Plus, he's always smoking on our stoop, and I hate the smell of cigarette breath because it reminds me of the smell of my mom trying to kiss me. I walk up to him since I can't just run by. Hey, Chelsea. Hey, Nick. So what you got going on this weekend? 
I tell him I might drive home, but I might try to stay here for once. He says if I stay, we should go out and get dinner together. I feel myself turning red. Yeah. Uh, maybe, uh, yeah, okay, see you later. And I go into my dorm. Crap. I've had enough social interaction today. I hope my roommate isn't in. But I hear the Chris Brown playing before I open the door. She's looking in the mirror and brushing her hair. She says I should come out with her to the frats tonight. There's a party in a basement she knows about. These frats, by the way, are not even actual frats. They're just a row of dumpy houses full of dudes that drink too much on a sketchy-looking street. Maybe I'm being a total baby or too under the influence of my parents, but it just doesn't seem safe to hang out in a random basement full of drunk older guys who are total strangers. There are way more guys than girls at the school, so we'd be looked at more than I like. It would probably be all other people like her who can't do their own homework and just talk about dumb stuff. And I'm horrible at making conversations with more than one person at a time, even dumb people. Am I just sabotaging myself from making friends? Or does everyone here just suck? I tell her to go ahead without me, and I say I have to study, which is kind of true. It's a relief when she leaves. This year, I've pretty much only listened to music to try and help me get through my math and science homework. I put on my long playlist of every Daft Punk album in a row and crack open my stupid chemistry textbook. I know all the songs by heart on this playlist at this point. The beats make me feel like I could keep going forever, even if my brain can't concentrate for two seconds. And some parts of the songs are actually pretty emotional for dance music. After five minutes of highlighting nearly every word, I realize I am just thinking about bands and boys and whatever while the words on the page have passed before my eyes. I try to read them again, and they seem unfamiliar, like I didn't read at all. And then I'm back in my head after 10 seconds. Sometimes I wonder if I like science enough or even if I'm just not smart enough to be a scientist. I give up and open my laptop to go on this website where you click a button and it pops up with some random stuff you might be interested in. Five minutes, I tell myself. After 30, I look at my water bottle collection. I have one of every size of Poland Springs water bottles, from the little tiny ones right up to the gallon jug. I put my chem textbook up on the shelf and pull out a roll of packing tape. And I use my desk to start making this Frankenstein pan pipe type instrument with all the water bottles. I start playing it along to Daft Punk. Then I open Photo Booth and do a modeling session with my creation and put one of the pictures on Facebook to show my accomplishment. In photo booth, I can see my roommate's stupid Chris Brown poster staring at the back of my head. When she put it up, she'd said, I think he's fine, don't you? I did not agree. To me, his goofy smile makes him look too stupid to say anything interesting. Every time I look at it, I want to draw a unibrow on him, 
but I guess most people don't find unintelligence to be as much of a turnoff as I do. Dear Young Rocker, I know you're confused and lost and lonely again. Even though you thought college would be different and a new start, I'm sorry. You're seeking to fill the whole music left in you. You want the feeling you had when you were on stage performing for a room full of people with your bandmates, sharing something, and feeling proud to be yourself. It's a feeling so good, you felt like you'd never have to eat again or kiss anyone because you were totally fulfilled by it. Look, don't completely berate yourself for your transgressions or for wanting to feel appreciated and wanted. That's super normal, and it makes sense that you found another way to get some connection, but it's too bad most of it's been with people who don't really respect you whatsoever and who you're not sure you even really like yourself. It feels confusing right now, but I promise it's pretty easy to figure out if you don't like someone. You're just ignoring your instincts and paying too much attention to physical stuff. You have a young hormonal body that still will respond to a potential romantic partner, even if they aren't your cup of tea or even completely bad news. Your hunch was right. Making out has nothing to do with love. You can make out with people you barely even like, and it can still feel good. That's what the age you're at is for in some regard figuring this all out. And no matter how much you love the person you're dating, you can still be physically attracted to other people too. That whole Disney princess, I'm saving myself for the prince's one true kiss bullshit, that ain't real. However, that one stinky guy from orientation, that was more than him not respecting you. That was straight-up, completely non-consensual contact. He never asked if you wanted any of those massages. He just did it, which immediately made it your burden to stop it in public in front of a bunch of people who you wanted to not make a weird first impression on. So as a shy person, this made you feel kind of trapped. Unfortunately, our culture won't really acknowledge how bad that all is until a good 10 years from where you are in 2007. For you, it feels like your fault because you've never had consent explained to you. It's a big topic to unpack, but I'll try to sum it up like this. If someone tries to make out with you without asking if they can kiss you first or you using very clear body language to show you want to kiss them or actually telling them that you want to, well, then they are in the wrong. You didn't do anything wrong. You shouldn't feel stupid and like you can't tell anyone about it. You were understandably shy and scared, and he took advantage of that shyness. Rest assured, though, he eventually will get kicked out of school for doing the same kind of stuff to someone else who luckily is able to speak up about it. That's all the time I have to talk about that thing for now, but it's important. And it's all a part of you feeling lost and alone before college even officially starts. 
bad people are good at finding people like you who are having trouble making connections and taking advantage of them. So, dear young rocker, please keep that in mind. Although there's nothing wrong with being a loner if that's how you want to be, know that the lions always have their eyes on the gazelles who wander away from the group. As for school stuff, you do have a passion for learning about science, but I agree, you probably aren't a scientist. However, you are perfectly smart enough to be one if you should choose. You aren't stupid. You just have difficulty with attention, which is not your fault. Sorry to let you down again, but you probably have ADHD. It sucks to learn something's wrong with you, but at least you can stop beating yourself up. You didn't have enough information about ADHD to know that it's at the root of a lot of the things you found impossible your whole life, such as participating in a group conversation or paying attention to a teacher or a friend if any other noise is going on. You aren't just naturally bad at being social or doing homework or cleaning your room. Your brain just handles it all differently than other people. I wish I could help you stop beating yourself up for being messy and oversensitive and scattered. I still lose my glasses, keys, and phone every single damn day and forget where I'm going when I'm driving or in the middle of a sentence and forget to introduce people to each other and to say the normal things you're supposed to say. But this curse is also a blessing because we wouldn't be so creative without it. The other thing I want you to know about you is that you're... Oh, how do I say this without pissing you off? Well, I'll use the term given to you by a guy you encountered later in college. As he says, you're a fox. That is not an understatement. Not that your physical appearance is all that matters or that it's what you want to be recognized or cared about for. I know it's the opposite. I'm not saying that. I am just saying it's helpful to know how you impact other people. You don't need to lose any weight even though that's all you think about. If how you look renders other people unable to speak, well, even if it feels narcissistic to admit that, that info could help you. It's a power issue. Just like in high school, you currently feel powerless and alone. These guys that show interest in you, you don't need to let them touch you if you don't want to. If you would just step back and take the uncomfortable step of admitting you're attractive, you could recognize that you actually have a good deal of power over these dumb boys because of it, and use it to just feel good about yourself rather than flipping back and forth between hiding from and or using their desire for you as validation that you're a wantable person. You are very wantable. You don't need anyone else to prove that. Let them all go on their way and just be yourself, or you'll end up being a selfish narcissist and hurting others because of it. And you're starting to track that way. Yes, hating yourself is actually a form of narcissism. Anytime you're just thinking about yourself all the time, whether good or bad, that's a narcissist. For instance, thinking, 
am I better than everyone else or worse than everyone else, is totally narcissistic. Because the answer is, you're just as kind of good and kind of bad as anybody else. But you're 19, so being super self-centered is a normal thing you're going through, and you'll work through it eventually. Just know real self-esteem will never come from someone else's attention. And how unfair this all is to Dan. Oh my god. There is a lot you need to work on. I know it's sad thinking about this whole freshman year being somewhat wasted, but it will be a relief to learn why you've done certain things you've done and to appreciate the incredible amount of creativity this supposed disorder actually provides you with. You'll forgive yourself for a lot. I know you're craving connection, and that's another part of this. It feels impossible to make friends of any gender, especially girls. But just like in high school, you're blaming that on having the wrong type of people around you. You write them off as too nerdy, too preppy, partiers, into the wrong type of music, and assume from the sample size of the five people you've talked to that there's no one to be friends with here. Well, that certainly would make you a bad scientist. First of all, there are definitely people in Lowell who you can connect with, and strangely enough, you'll meet a ton of them many years after you graduate, when you finally figure out how to talk to other humans. But also, There's the bigger issue of just giving people a chance and not giving up on them so quickly. Believe it or not, you can have friends and even date people with different interests if you value the same things. Or you can start by being friendly with people you aren't 100% match for, and through them meet other people who are more up your alley. You don't need every person you meet to be the perfect friend you'll have for life but you don't really know what you value yet. You're still trying to detangle your parents' influence on your worldview and create your own, like most people your age. Learning about yourself and how you work is a process that never ends, no matter how old you get. Well, see you next time, kid. In the last episode of Dear Young Rocker, I presented you with stories and letters from five other rockers to really reinforce the fact that there are so many others out there who felt alone and found themselves through music. The amount of these stories is so large that I want to keep going. This week, I'm including the voice of Steph Chura, another musician who struggled with depression at a young age, found an outlet for her feelings in songwriting, and worshipped Kurt Cobain. Here she is. I went to this boarding school when I was in ninth grade. I went there for one semester and I got kicked out or whatever, I left. And um, uh, I remember as soon as I got home, like, I, that's just when I, I started playing guitar and writing songs, like, and, like, actually writing, like, songs I was interested in playing for other people or playing for myself you know, and it's kind of the culmination of, you know, me loving music and me growing up with it and me even writing a little bit when I was younger than that, but not really like with a guitar. Um, And I had a cousin who was a a singer-songwriter, and I think that I was kind of like, well, I can do that too. 
I definitely like had this really, really, really intense obsession with Kurt Cobain, which is like kind of a little basic, but I like loved him so much. I just had like had all these pictures of him in my locker and it was like, I, I don't know. I had a weird relationship to him. I was like, it's not, it was like not sexual to me. I was like, no, I respect him too much. It's not a crush. I just like, I was just so obsessed with his songwriting. Uh, I was like really depressed and I like would just totally write songs as like catharsis and I don't know. Yeah, I think I just felt like really lonely and it really didn't matter how many friends I had. Like I just felt lonely. I I lived like about four hours away from like any music venues. So I loved the experience of going to see shows like when I could when I was a kid and like I really didn't want to be in school and I don't know. I just, I wanted, I wanted to be free. I just lived in such a remote area. It was like, I didn't like it when I was that age. It's very beautiful. Uh, If you could write a letter to your younger self at that age, what would it say? Uh, It would say like, stay focused and like believe in yourself because you're like really talented and, uh, you know, this can actually go somewhere. I, 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 me writing songs was just like a product of something that I did. And it was both like per, very personal, but also very social. It was those two elements, like writing songs for me was like very, very personal. And then as I began to like play live, that was like a whole new like community that like allowed me to really express myself and like fit in and I don't I don't think I felt like that thank you to Steph Chura for sharing your story her newest album is called Midnight it's off of Saddle Creek Records I'll include a track on this week's Dear Young Rocker playlist next time on Dear Young Rocker young Chelsea goes for a big audition and hopes she has the stuff to be a music major. Dear Young Rocker was written and created by me, Chelsea Erson, executive produced by Jake Brennan of Disgraceland, and comes to you from Double Elvis Productions. This episode was scored, sound design, and engineered by Jack Pombriant. It's been quite an experience getting my story out there. As you know, I'm pretty shy, so it's been a little scary. But all the messages you guys send me about how you've felt the same, even if your lives are completely different from mine, has really made me feel like this is worth it. That's what it's all about. And my favorite messages are when someone says they shared it with their kid or their friend's kid or a student. That makes me feel like my whole goal with this show is being accomplished. So thank you for sharing. And as always, thank you if you've written a review whether on Apple Podcasts or on social media. I really take all those messages to heart, and I love when you share your own stories with me, too. Dear Young Rocker is a production of iHeartRadio and Double Elvis Productions. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.